0: Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles.
1: Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you, as always, to another episode. If you're new to Leader Manager Coach, well a real warm welcome along we consider that we're a real prime source of inspiration of wisdom uh, to to help you on your own leadership journey whether that is in the beautiful game of, of football soccer or in sport or just in life but welcome along and also welcome along if you're one of our regular subscribers Now, one of the things that I talk about a great deal that can help you on your way is reading. And recently I touched upon um, an author called Sebastian Junger, who came across my path as as people do. And um, I was inspired to get his book He's written a good few books, and he's a pretty prolific author, and I really liked what I what I read. so I bought a went onto Amazon as you do, and ordered the book, drops through the front door. It's a short small book of a hundred odd pages, so I thought, well, we'll devour this pretty quickly." And it was one of those books that's really easy to read. Um, it doesn't mean it's simple, but it's really easy to read. And um I think it's a credit to the author from somebody who's so written so eloquently about such amazing subjects. And I, I was absolutely gobsmacked by this book, and it's got so much relevance to where what we do and where you are as a leader in sport and particularly in, in, in football, and understanding it. I thought, wow, you know, this is something that's got so many parallels to, to so many aspects of the football world and, and life in general as well. So I'm going to share them as best I can. Now, Sebastian Younger starts off to talk about, he, he, he focuses on two main things in the book. And then we'll come to the conclusion. So there's going to be three parts to this. So please bear with me while I go through it in the best way that I can. The first part that he talks about is society. And he talks about an example whereby in the 1800s, I think it was, and please correct me on social media if I th- if you think I'm wrong, when the american indians in the current united states of america were being forced off their land and there were wars and battles and and all kinds of things going on while people took lands and the american indians were, were lost their homes and the, the lands that they the prairies and so on that they'd that they'd lived on and hunted on for you know for however many hundred years or millennia And the story was that there were many, many examples of American soldiers who were captured by the American Indians in the battles. And when eventually they were able to be repatriated back into American society through whatever means. They actually refused to go. They preferred to stay where they were with the American Indians rather than be repatriated back into American society. And Younger has analysed this and goes into it in great, great detail. Why would it be that people would do that? Surely it can only be that the society that they live in that they've found, that they've been captured by and forced, in inverted commas, to live in is better than the one that they'd left. And it seems that that is certainly the case. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Again, at the beginning of the book, Younger asks a couple of questions. He, he, he asks that... Um, how, it, how is it possible to become a man? And he talks about a man, and we'll leave it at that for now. How, to, how do you become a man in a world that asks no courage or requires no courage? How do you adjust in a society that asks no sacrifice? Because it seems that Modern society is on a journey and is doing its utmost to make life easier. That's the goal, whether it is or not. And to make it more comfortable and less stressful, less dangerous, and to enable people to live in peace. That seems to be what the objective
0: would be. And yet, people are massively unhappy as a rule
1: and not settled. And there are enormous amounts of depression and mental health issues. And Junger goes on to ask questions at the beginning of the book about why why is there no demand for loyalty anymore in society why is there no belonging anymore and why is there such a frailty in society in the eternal human quest for meaning why is it that war feels
0: better than peace to so many people
1: And what he goes on to talk about and to analyze is that actually hardship is a blessing. People, th- and that people thrive on hardship and that the modern quest, if, if we can talk about that, of, of society, which is trying to, as we've talked about, perfect the art of making people or necessary so you don't have to fight for your survival you don't have to necessarily prepare yourself for battles you don't have to go out and 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 really struggle to get your your food for your family you don't have to worry about your own um situation like like we used to hundreds of years ago Yet it's these kind of hardships and these kind of situations that created the successful societies that we talk about when we've just referred or youngers referred to these American Indians. And he also talks about societies where we've actually gone from we've decreased the role of community, but and we've replaced it with an elevated authority so instead of reliance on many people and many people working together we've kind of dropped down and said that hey we're okay we'll be looked after by the government or or, or the politicians or or the few leaders of the council in society and Jung is saying that this is part of the big issue Now, Junga looked at these societies, and in order to survive, they had to do certain things. If they didn't do certain things, the societies would not, their groups would not survive. There would be hunger, there would be loss, death, and devastation. So they had to do certain things. So they had a very low tolerance for certain things. And one of those things that they had a very low tolerance for was the domination of any particular group by a single individual. It wasn't tolerated. And anybody who became overbearing, anybody who became, and let's use the word, bully, or decided to take things into their own hands and try and be dominant, was either killed or banished, which was a pretty certain death anyway. And it wasn't because they were uh, a people who had an, uh, you know, that they, they were intolerant. Let me change that. Yes, they were intolerant, but they were intolerant because by being tolerant, they were signing their own death wish. So if we allow this individual to carry on like this, it will end up in the death of everybody. So for the better good, we will banish this person. What these societies also did was they rewarded pro-social behaviour. So that sharing, so that helping others, so that assisting and being community orientated was Rewarded. And any kind of dishonesty, any kind of lack of sharing alongside the attempt to be singularly dominant was frowned on and was come down pretty heavily in the same way. And people would be banished from society, from these groups, or even put to death for that kind of behaviour. Because those kind of behaviours were actually detrimental to the group's survival.
0: The Leader Manager Coach podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport and life. Leader Manager Coach. For the game. For life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store.
1: Compare that to society today and you have a stark contrast. And Junger goes on to talk about the sprawling mass and uh, and anonymous being in today's society, where it's so easy for people to be anonymous and to get away with great levels, whether they be large or small, of dishonesty in many ways whether that's through complex systems of financing, people creaming off millions of dollars or pounds or whatever your currency is at the top end or people just making a few bucks because the accounting systems aren't quite in place or somebody's not watching or things can go awry here and be missed there and nobody really cares and um, there's a loophole here or benefit fraud or whatever it is all this kind of thing that obviously goes on is in deep contrast to what happened in previous societies because it just could not go on because the resources weren't there to do so and to try and actually do that kind of thing would actually be directly detrimental to the survival the people you spent your life with, you know, the trouble is within. As younger is pointing out, when somebody takes ten dollars or takes ten million dollars or or drops litter on the floor, they actually see that that's not them. It's it, it's like it's like having a vision that the person who's doing it is separate from the rest of society. It's a vision that is in in. in in Junger's view, incorrect and is 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 not only dangerous, but we'll see, we'll see the end of society, whether it's quickly or slowly. The other amazing thing that Younger found out, and is so relevant, I believe, to leader, manager, coach, is that the leaders in these ancient tribes, these ancient societies, they all had the same amount of. Goods, the same amount of food and the same type of housing and all the same benefits as everybody else. So being a leader was a responsibility and that was alone what it was. It was just a responsibility and the rewards of being a leader were just that. The rewards of doing the job, of being of service. You didn't get more food, you didn't get a better tent, you didn't get better treated, you were of service. Compare that to society today where leadership is more often than not rewarded with, out of kilter, with great salaries, benefits, social benefits and so on. And so on. And if there's anything that eats away at society and eats away at people and stops people supporting other people, it's when they see the unfairness. You know, people have this sense of justice within them. It's almost a human thing. We all know what's just. We all know what feels right. And if somebody is taking more than they deserve and getting more than they deserve, um, it makes people sick inside, and it, 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 it fragments society. The amazing thing about these societies, as Junger found out, though, is that personal poverty, the kind of personal poverty that we see in today's society, in the 21st century, was virtually unknown so that you didn't have this great wealth divide. You didn't have this great social divide where people have lived like gods almost and other people are living on the bare minimum. There was a much greater parity in the distribution of wealth. Now look, this isn't a political podcast. I'm just gonna to explain to you how the findings from Junger's amazing book will have an impact on your leadership, if you just bear with me. Now to illustrate the points more and and, and really well, the second part that Junger goes on to talk about is veterans and war. And he points out that when there's a war going on, when there's a, a tragedy unfolding, when there's a pandemic, when the, the society is under threat, people's mental health improves, suicide rate drops, and people actively engage in a cause. A cause that's bigger than them. It's as if they, this takes their mind off them and they have something bigger to focus on and it reduces the suicide rate, and it reduces the rate of referral to mental health. Social bonds are reinforced. Um, And you get this united brotherhood and sisterhood that does not exist in peacetime. And, And... Younger talks about PTSD and investigated PTSD and all the challenges that go, go with being repatriated into society when you've been a soldier, when you've been a veteran, when you've been at war. And why is it that soldiers have such difficulty um, reintegrating successfully into society? And Younger points out that it's this. This social cohesion and these amazing relationship bonds that that exist within within a fighting group, within a soldier's platoon, within a battalion, and relationships that develop that we have to look after each other. We have to rely on each other. Otherwise, we'll die, which it doesn't exist in society. And when you come back into that, you haven't got the... You've lost the depths of bonds. You haven't got these these comrades and you haven't got that cause anymore because there's no need to be on your toes. There's no need to be at the ready. There's no need to look after your mate because it's not needed anymore. And along with that, which sounds great in principle, it goes against what's, what history tells us that we all need a cause and people need to feel important. People need to have something to do. And as, as um, Victor Frankl so amazingly pointed out in A Man's Search for Meaning, we have to have meaning in our life. And when those, these soldiers come home, they haven't got a meaning anymore. And it, it's the same parallel. You know, you ask an ex-professional footballer, what do you miss most? Not the goals, not the training. Not, not the television interviews, they miss the dressing room, the banter, the chat. What it is, they miss the camaraderie. People who retire, can't wait to have time off, can't wait to get up when I'm, when I'm ready, can't wait to you know, do my own thing. They miss the social at work, they miss the banter, they miss the crack, they miss the relationships, they miss that core social cohesive, bonding, goal-orientated environment as much as it has its negatives as well as its positives. You know, it's amazing to think that people actually reminisce about wasn't it great during
0: the war. And, you know, it, 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 it's... It, I suppose, it's
1: not a new thing. It goes back to the Great World War, First World War, poets at Siegfried Sassoon, soldier and poet, talks about lying in bed in the peaceful shires, thinking about his battalion, and wishing he could be there with them. Um, you know, it, it, it's such an amazing concept, and the the other parallel between ancient societies and modern society and, and, and war that that younger used to tie the two together was that when there was a battle going on in an ancient society the whole of that group was involved because it involved them it was close it was at hand they were there and the men were out fighting to to, to actually protect the people physically Whereas you, you send a group of soldiers off, you know, four thousand miles to the other side side of the world and you see television pictures about it, it's not the same. It doesn't mean the same. The people at home are not involved in the war. And then the soldiers come back and there's this there's this divide. There's this disjointed understanding. There's this mismatch. It doesn't match. People don't understand. People can't understand. And the soldiers feel left, bereft, left out. And they find it really difficult to get back. into the rhythm of society with people who have not experienced what it is they've experienced and so many of the psychological issues that, that that veterans talk about is related to that kind of thing so what what is it that that's 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 important about this work that can relate to sport, to leadership, to, to, to leader, manager, coach. Well, it's plainly obvious from Younger's work that people need something and they need to belong to something. They need to belong to something that's bigger than themselves and they need to have a cause. Being this, this, this drive in society to be individually successful and whether that involves wealth creation and a a house and and property and, and all that kind of thing. It's kind of where we think we're at and what we should aspire to. And please, again, this isn't a political podcast where I'm talking about what you should and shouldn't do, but in terms of social cohesion, people need something to belong to. They need social bonds and they need a meaning in their life. So how does that help us in sport? Well, what are you doing when you create a team or a club? Look at what the things that Sir Alex Ferguson talked about after he left Manchester United, mainly, he didn't talk about creating a team. He talked about creating a club and he talked about creating a club from bottom to top in all aspects. The cleaning ladies, the canteen staff, the kit staff, the backroom staff, the players, the the marketing staff, the boardroom. Sir Alex Ferguson attempted and arguably achieved to unite everybody and to move Manchester United forward to what they are today. And that was because he involved every single department which goes against what you see in a lot of cases. You see a lot of managers and this isn't pointing the finger because every situation is different. It's, you know, you need the backing of the chairman, you need everybody to be on board, but the vision has to be there that if you're going to create something with a longevity, if you're going to create something with a culture that lasts, you have to get everybody on board, the whole society, the whole group, of that club has to be on blob has to be welcomed has to be in on the cause has to feel part of it and has to understand what it is that their contribution means and then you will get people having a cause they will have a meaning they will want to get up in the morning they want to go to work they understand what they're doing they'll want to contribute it stops being about them it stops being about them earning their wages it stops being about them having an easy time it stops being about them being able to get free tickets it becomes about something bigger it becomes a cause how can we get this club this organization this society to a better position to a sustainable position where it's successful and it will feed the greater good it will go on and have great effects in the in the community that we live in it will involve more people it will, it will create more jobs and so on and so on and so on. And the success breeds success thing. And that is what people need. And as leaders and managers and coaches, that is what I think one of the things we should be aiming to do. No matter where you are, no matter where you're working, no matter where it is, you may not be Manchester United's manager. You probably aren't. You have your own Manchester United. You have your own Liverpool, your own club, your own team, your own organisation. It might be a -a five-a-side team. It might be a youth club. It might be grassroots. It might be semi-pro. You might already have an infrastructure in place, but you have to create that, that community, that society, that small group and get everybody to feel involved and and be on blob with that with that cause and share and it has to be transparent because one we've talked about it before that people know injustice people don't deal with unfairness everybody knows it let's take the examples of garrett southgate in quiet leadership let's take the examples from younger's ancient societies and use that leadership to share things correctly and have leadership as a responsibility and a service, not as a passageway to great riches and um, to be in a better social position. Let's, let's reward the pro-social behaviours that promote the group. Let's reward the things that work. And let's, on the other side of it, be absolutely brutal with our consequences for betrayal. You know, it's not about putting people to death. But it's about not letting people get away with the type of behaviours, no matter how small they start and begin, that will actually destroy the culture. Don't let it. Be strong be willing to stand up and make a stand against the things that will ultimately destroy what it is you're trying to create. Let's celebrate the things that we're similar about. Let's celebrate our similarities within a group and let's not amplify our differences. You know, there are going to be disagreements. There are going to be fallouts. There are going to be people who have opinions, but let's in a group, in a society, in a culture, in a community, if we learn to celebrate and focus on our similarities, we will be so much better off. And let's look at what we can do in terms of meaningful creation and meaningful contribution in terms of sacrifice and in terms of group solidarity, not individual social elevation or wealth creation let's say that again so let's see within this group what we can do about meaningful contribution sacrifice and solidarity and not individual wealth creation or social elevation because that is the glue that makes it all work and I don't know where quite you are with this. And I was so impacted by this book that I've tried to talk about it in terms of how it can help you on your own journey. And maybe you're in an organization already. So what can you do? Well, maybe you can work with your own department. Often these things start with ourselves, but you work with yourself and you work in your own department. And see if you can create that, that success. And maybe you can get other people in your organisation to read the book and share it or listen to this podcast. Maybe you aren't in an organisation. So maybe you need to start one. You go out and you have the perfect tools to go out and put the things in place. This book, Sebastian uh, Younger's book, and um, Legacy, the, the Great New Zealand All Blacks the book about the great new zealand all blacks this kind of thing will help you put in place exactly and everything you need to create that organisation that will have a longevity it's bit of a being a bit of a meandering podcast i've done my best to to bring together sebastian younger's work about society and about war and the lessons from that about creating the right culture but I hope you can see the parallels between his work and between between his work and what it takes to create successful organisations and and communities. So that not only when people are in those communities and organisations, but when they leave them and they come to retire and they come to move on, the transition is a successful one. It's Leader, Manager, Coach. If you like what you've heard and it's helped you in any way, please leave us a review. It helps enormously to get the message out there and um, we'll be eternally grateful. Once again, great to chat. Thanks for listening. Catch you later.
0: Bye-bye. The Leader Manager Coach podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport and life. Leader, manager, coach, for the game, for life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store.